Well, hello, guys. We're back, Karina and I, and we managed to find someone in the dining car. One of our other ladies who's been with us before, King 13. Well, good morning, King 13. Well, good afternoon to you guys, too. <laughs> you are some, yeah, you are someone else who's just been on a trip like Karina did. She went on a trip. Um, and where did you go? Uh, uh, we went, as they say in Australia, just up the road <laughs> to the Hard Rock Seminole Casino um, and Hotel in Hollywood, Florida, not LA. <laughs> we didn't have Hollywood. any big sign. Yeah, we've got a Hollywood in Texas. Do you? Oh, yeah. that's good. Popular name. Got a Paris as well, but that's beside the point. And we've got a Melbourne in Florida, my hometown in Australia. Actually, the street I live on is actually named after the golf course in the town where I was born. In the is town right? where oh, I was born. <laughs> yeah. Lived a man by the sea. Mm, yes. <laughs> Um, that's an old one. Fly me, Paula. Shut up. Um, anyway, go back to your trip. Karina and I want to hear about your trip. Well, yeah, I just got um, some mail and it said, you know, you're getting free nights and come and see Chicago, the band. So checked with hubby and we thought, yeah, look, you know, with COVID and everything, let's get away. So we weren't expecting much. I'd only been up there once before. He'd never been there. And actually, it was a nice surprise as far as the hotel and, and what it looked like, and the room was really lovely. And uh, he's not a fan of gambling at all. And um, I like to play the slot machines. We have a lot in Australia. But obviously, you don't have a lot here. So it's not something that I've been doing for a while. Well, when I walked into the casino, um, I didn't know if it was a day club, a night club, a world club, or a 24-hour club. It was... <laughs> It just hit me. There were just people everywhere. And this was about, oh, I don't know, we got an early check-in. So it was probably about three o'clock, I'd say. As soon as I got there, I just dumped the bags and went straight to the casino. I was a bit keen. Penny and slots? Um, I played the penny slots. There was a lot of slots. And they had, a, they had just the huge area you walked in. First thing that hit me was a bar, of course, and a restaurant. And then there was the open slot um, come tables area. And it was all smoking, so that's something that I'm not used to because in Australia they've banned smoking inside. And I think almost all establishments, restaurants, you know, casinos, bars, whatever, you know, because they're always hanging out in the streets. And so that was like, oh, wow, okay. And then they had separate rooms for the non-smoking. But when I got in there, some people were smoking in there too. So typical Florida, anything goes. Mm -hmm. um, so I went into the non-smoking area, yeah, and sat down, and then it all began. How did you cope with the alcohol? Because there's always a lot of alcohol. You get these ladies come around in these casinos offering, you know, do you want to drink? Mm. You know, so and a lot of people are sat there drinking alcohol while they're mm. playing, playing the machines or, you know, cards or whatever. So how, how did you cope? Because you are just coming up on six months at the end of this week that's right i know so i know mm -hmm. so what was it like yeah. going to the casino with all the well, alcohol around it was like being back in flaming high school because everything hit me at once you know everyone was smoking it was like sneaking the cigarettes you know mm. i had a cigarette in one hand and alcohol in the other and here i am sitting in the middle like a bloody form between you know two roses or the other way around and i looked down to my left and there was a glass i took down to my right and there was a glass and i'm thinking 
oh, F, I'm in trouble. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I could just reach out and grab that and no one had noticed. But it was really interesting because the only thing, like you just said, the six months is coming up and that I I just said to myself, all right, Deborah, what really matters right now? Okay, you're in it. You're in the devil's playground. What really, really matters? And it was the time I thought, you know, you can have the drink and you can go ahead and get hammered. And no one would really know. I could keep it to myself. But you can't lie to yourself in the mirror, right? Mm-mm. And this was just the very first day. And, of course, the lady comes up, would you like a drink? I'm going, can I take a water? <laughs> oh, you got any water? And so, um, and I said, and you can continue to bring the water. So I didn't have to explain anything to her next time. So, yeah, and uh, at one stage I put my water down where the, the person's drink was. And I said, oh, well, do you mind moving that just to the other side so I can put my water here? Because I wanted him to get rid of the bloody drink and he had room on his left side. So I sort of manoeuvred that one okay. Um, I was sort of all right then. I got the water and I was fine because I thought, Deb, just focus on the stupid machine. It's going to take your money, but just focus on that. It's better than alcohol. So it was like one devil for the next. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Yeah, it was not easy. It got worse. <laughs> <gasps> Go on then. Got worse. Yeah. Um, so then I didn't stay there very long because the money tends to go pretty quick if you don't put a bundle in. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to get out of here before it all gets too much. Mm-hmm. So I went back up to the room and I said to Harvey, Oh, this is going to be interesting. This is a bloody good weekend. And we bought alcohol free beer. And God love him. He was drinking that. And I said, Look, it's your weekend, you know, but he was really good. He, I only drank real real beer when we were out for dinner or the other bars, and he hates it. He's told me. He bloody hates it, not being yeah. able to drink it. But I've kept saying to him, just don't worry about me. Just do your own thing. You're responsible for you. I'm responsible for me. It's cool. It's fine. So anyway, uh, that was the Friday we got there, and the Saturday we were going to see Chicago. So, again, I go back into the casino and these people start talking to me. Oh, you've got an accent. Where are you from? Da, da, da. Some people didn't even know where Australia were from. But the way they gamble here is like the way they drink. It's incredible. People were pressing $50 on the machine. I'm like, 50 bucks? That was going to be my hourly budget, you know, like 50 to 100 bucks, but whatever. And um, Honey machines, just- me. I'm cheap. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I did. I, I, well, I had a lot. I had a lot more than that, but I was just like, I wasn't going to spend it all in a couple of presses. I wanted time, no. and I'm like, machine, can you just give me some time, you know, so I don't worry about the drinking and everything else. Yeah. But it's sort of in, in, interesting because all your senses are stimulated at once. I mean, this is a girl who's been fairly much locked up and stays at home. I'm a bit of a homebody, and all of a sudden, you've got the music blaring. You've got you know, all the machines ding, ding, ding and going off and people swearing at the machines and people laughing and cheering at the machines and payouts. The guy next to me ended up collecting $14,000. So his 50, his 50 bucks was paying off for him, but I got a feeling he was a pretty big gambler because the girl said it's like something, oh, hi, Julio, you're back again. So <laughs> Julio probably lived She there. knew his name. Oh, well, apparently where I was sitting, I found out within a day that, that's where all the people go there every day on those particular machines. And I was a naughty girl because I had come and sat there at somebody's machine for <laughs> this particular day or two. And it was a machine that I played at home with my mum. And so that's why I sat at this particular machine. It was the panda machine. And I've got a Chinese adopted stepdaughter. So it had the yin and yang. Yes. And I've actually got my kitchen got a yin and yang you know those little rubber things that you put your saucepans on? 
Yeah. And my interpreter from Taiwan gave that to me. I've had it for, for like 25 years. So I kept that. And so the machine had some sentimental value. And I said, now, come on, be kind to me, you know. It did in the end. The good news is I did win, but it don't listen to that, peoples, because it doesn't happen very often. Then on the other side of me, another guy won another 16000 I'm thinking, well, what about me? Because I'm just sitting there playing my the bottom, you know, the minimum, yeah. and that's hence why. But, yeah, your senses are sort of thrown into chaos. So it was. I'm, I'm sort of, I know music pretty well, especially rock, so I'm just going along to the 80s and 90s music, singing away yeah. merrily, you know, and getting through it and really didn't want to talk to these people. I just wanted to zone out and, opt, to be honest, not think about sobriety for just a few hours because for the last six months it's consumed my life, as you know. Mm -hmm. I've talked to you a lot about it daily. Yes. I mean, it's daily, yeah. daily, daily. Here's I one wanted for you. to escape. Did yeah. you, you've, you've been in casinos before. I mean. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like Karina going into the pubs. Um, like Karina going into the pubs. Um, have you been into the casino before when you've drunk and sat there with a drink gambling? Or always. Have you, have, you've always been one who's done I've that. never been in one sober. Never been in a casino sober. And I've never ever been in a pokey room in Australia sober. No. I've always sat there with my drink, my machine. And they know who I am and they continually bring the drinks. Yeah. So how did it feel being bombarded? You said all your sensations at once, the music, mm. the atmosphere, people drinking, people smoking, ding, ding, ding. How did all that, here's one for you, because we've been in isolation, most of us. Correct. How did those noise levels and all that uh, stimulus feel? Oh, it was, I mean... Being an ex-party girl, it was the music I loved, but it was a lot. The, the, the machines seemed to have got louder. They just seemed to be screaming at you. And like even there was this silly little machine within my machine that said, spin me, spin me as a member. And it made so much noise. It kept giving me $5. I wanted to kill it. <laughs> so it, was, it. It was actually making me more stressed. And I'm sitting there thinking, Shit, I'm getting stressed by the minute. This is not relaxing anymore. This is not fun anymore. You know what I mean? Whereas before, mm -hmm. I wouldn't notice. I'd be putting the money in. I'm talking to all the people in the club at home who I knew every single person there. And mum and I would take mum on a Saturday afternoon. That was our, our you know, time out. Mum's sort of one day a week with me. Saturday afternoon, we'd go to lunch. Mum would have a flutter on the pokies till four o'clock. And then I'd take her home. So it was really sentimental too because there was, being a long weekend, there were people with their families, kids with their mum and dads that have obviously flown in. And there was like 20 people around certain machines and, you know, they'd have a little win and they'd be cheering and, oh, my God, that's fantastic. And it kind of made me really sad but happy for them, sad mm -hmm. for me but happy for them because it was, you know, I know that they probably weren't regulars uh, because it was so packed there. All these people couldn't possibly go there every day. Um, and... Yeah, you know, you see a lot of people from different countries there, a lot of Cubans, a lot of Spanish, a lot of everything. But there was a lot of just, you know, normal American people who I think who were on holidays, to be honest. They didn't look like a lot of locals, not that I would know, but from You're what trying, I've seen. Yeah. You say well, all I that cheering people, and all that. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the people I've met from Miami, even the ones I met there, I met people from Miami up there. They were all um, from Cuba. Yeah. So, so there was a lot of families, there was a lot of people just visiting, and plus a lot of people went to Chicago. 
you know, being uh, a good good American band. So yeah, it was interesting. That that atmosphere was really lovely, but it sort of just reminded me again of the good old times with mum and dad, because mm-hmm. that's what we used to do. Were you stimulated yeah. at all, Karina, when you went in the pubs when you were uh, going in for your meal? Did you find the noise levels different? Um, not drinking. All right. So did you find any stimulus? Um, did the noise levels seem different to you going in the pubs um, with Andy compared to the fact that we're noticing things so much more? It's not just our eyes are open now. It's all our senses are engaged. It, it's actually a lot quieter over here in the pubs at the moment um, because we are still just coming out of lockdown, yeah. <laughs> a very, very long lockdown. Um, so it's kind of weird because some pubs you can't even go into, you're not allowed up to the bar, you have to sit outside, um, you have to go on um, an app on your phone and order everything online, even your drinks. Um one pub we went into, like, it's completely sheeted off. You cannot look around the bar. It's completely sheeted off plastic. Um, so a lot of the drinking and eating and stuff is actually being done outside our pubs at the moment. Yeah. We did go into a pub yesterday on our way home, and you could actually go into that bar. Mm-hmm. Um The only noise at the moment seems to be, the only people that seem to be eating or drinking inside the bars at the moment is the football fans or soccer fans as you would call it over there because we've got the Euros here at the moment so there's lots of very uh, drunk mostly men but there are women as well but very drunk men who are going to the pub literally to watch the football and actually we were put off eating in two places whilst we were away on tour because we couldn't even get through the door to get into the pub to get to eat because it's surrounded by drunken people outside. And um, yes, we noticed that noise level. That was kind of funny. It's like, we're not going to go and eat in there. We want a nice peaceful meal, you know. Fancy them being out there making all that noise. And then I had to check myself. (laughs) I was like, oh, that would have been you, Karina. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Party animal. Yeah, <laughs> the football the football tournaments in the UK are the biggest excuse for a, excuse my French piss up. <laughs> yeah, and but the but society again and the industry, um, you know, instigates all that. I'm sorry, but it it does. You know, you go into our supermarkets now, all across the beer aisles, you'll have all the flags, you'll have all the football, your pictures of your football stars. You know, support the Euros, support England. Um, it is there everywhere um, on the great big banners before you go into supermarkets, before you go into petrol garages. It's great big banners. You no know, Euros is here, football's here, England's playing, get your beer. You know, it just completely everywhere you go, it is encouraging you that you cannot watch a football match without having a drink. We just had, as you know, mm. 4th of July weekend, which is why De- uh, King went away for the weekend. Um, yeah. And as as she would tell you, our supermarkets are exactly the same at the moment, aren't they? Walking in them, everything was geared towards 4th of July. Mm. Um, oh, God, yeah. And, I mean, we had, even at the casino, we went to the sports bar and the football, as you call it, was on. 
So the noise in there was just, you could, it was incredible <laughs> because, you know, soccer, as they call it here in the States, is very popular. They love mm-hmm. it, especially yeah. amongst the Spaniards and stuff. So it was huge. It was no matter where you went. And the cocktail waitresses, no wonder why the men were happy. They barely wear anything. And there was girls running through the casino in bikinis. And as I said to you, I think, when we chatted, there's, yeah. you know, people there with their kids. Kids were sitting, swiveling around on, on chairs at the pokies with their parents just playing away and drinking away and smoking away. And the kid was so bored, it was swiveling, you know. And then there was people with their dogs. I was expecting a bloody horse or something to come through because <laughs> nothing. There was just no rules. I thought, what next? And I thought, I've seen it all, believe you me. And it was like, as you said, all your senses being aware and being sober, you didn't really feel the, I don't know if I felt so odd one out. There was just so many people. You were just trying to get through the crowd. But another thing when I told you when we went to um, see Chicago, the people behind us were absolutely hammered and um, just talked through the whole thing. And next minute I feel drip, drip, drip down the back of my neck where the bloke had two beers in his hand and he's obviously tilted one towards me. And I thought, oh, God, now I'm going to go home stinking not only of beer and cigarettes, I'm just feeling I'm just going to be a brewery at the end of the night, regardless of whether mm-hmm. I drink or not. And I was. When I go home and it's not my clothes, oh, my God, they were disgusting. So, mm. you know, you, you go into the devil's den, you can't escape the smell anyway. But yes. uh, parts of it, sorry, I was just going to say, parts of it made me not to not want to drink. I thought, there I don't go. want to end it up like that. Yeah, nah. And the six months was my motivator. And my mum too, my mum didn't drink and my stepdad didn't drink. So I just pretended I was like, what would mum do? That was what I, when I was sitting beside the machine. Well, mum would have a cigarette in her hand. I didn't have that, but I was I was channeling mum. WWMD. What, what would mum do? do? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's what you, every time, WWMD, yeah, what would mum do? That was my uh, tool. What yeah. would mum do? I mean, we've all She's got laugh a tool. At her. Mum would have said, you silly buggers, and got on with her game. <laughs> <laughs> but the, it, it's going into these places for the first time, like you going into mm. the casino, Karina going into the pubs. This is huge challenges for us. This is life, baby. There we are can't so many people out there just doing yeah. it. We can't duck away from life. No. You know, you can't no. sit in a cocoon for the rest of your life just because no. you're not going to drink. No. No. And... We were at the bar and, oh, there was these people had a martini next to me and everyone was drinking it. And I thought, you know what, because my husband and I, we like sitting at the bar and he likes it, you know, yeah. at the table. And then I really, really, there was, a girl, there was glasses of wine next to me. And then, I, again, I had to go through the act, the you know, awareness, clarity, yep. turnaround, because yep. I really came within five seconds of saying when she asked me and I I actually started and said, no, 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 water's fine, thank you. Mm-hmm. I really wanted that glass of wine just then and there, but I had to stop myself. As I said, the, the, what would mum do and act? Yeah, so I picked up another tool, having mum, so that was a good thing. And how did you feel once you came back from the uh, the weekend away, the casino, and Karina, both of you, this is a question to both of you, actually, choose who answers first. How did you feel within yourself um, did it make you feel stronger? Were you, um, I don't know. I think what, A, did it make you feel stronger? B, were you disgusted by some of the drunk people and worry about, did I look like that? And also, did, did it trigger you? 
you've just admitted, uh, King, that it did trigger you, but you had to use your tools to mm. pull back from it. Yeah, it was the romance of it. It was just in the moment, being out. And honestly, the only way I can describe it is these people had been locked up too, and you could tell. <laughs> They were just like ravages. So you could, it was really above almost anything I had ever experienced. You know, 4th of July, being locked up with COVID, people went crazy, home with their families, whatever it was. Did it make me disgusted? No, um, not to a sense because I knew I had the choice to escape. I could go back to my room at any given point and there were times when my husband was up in the room or doing, watching, you know, the football, as you call it, Mm -hmm. And I was down there because he wouldn't play the machines with me. Um, did it give me strength? No, I pretty much feel the same way. I Do I feel strong? I just feel relieved. When I got home and I walked through the door, I said, you know, it's nice to leave and go away, but I think it's always lovely to come home. And it was like walking into my place and thinking, no one can touch me. No one can trigger me. This is my safe space. So yeah. it was more relief than anything. How about you, Karina? Uh, yeah, trigger-wise, I wasn't triggered at all. Not at all. Um, disgusted wise, no, I wasn't. I mean, when I turned up at the pub, we went to go and have a nice meal, and people were just, you know, um, out there drinking and being loud and Larry. I was like, oh, and then I was like, no, but good for them that England had won over Germany 2 0. So they were celebrating, and that's fine, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, what, what I did think was, thank God my ex husband left me, so I didn't have to go through the whole of this soccer. <laughs> This year. <laughs> and he has no interest in football whatsoever and I love it he's a rugby guy like me so um so yeah there was that and um strong definitely um I'm gonna apologize now because I'm 10% battery I'm out at the front of my ducks trying to get a signal so I might cut off um but yeah I was so proud I was so happy one of our visits last week was to a very very dear friend um, who I loved a bit um, over in Lincolnshire, who was the last person I drank with. I went on a week bender with her mm -hmm. um, on a flip and we spent the week and we were very heavy drinkers and we drank. And I have not seen her since the 4th of August, the 5th of August, when I, I quit drinking. Yeah. Uh, so that, and she, bless her, cooked us a full Christmas dinner because we haven't had Christmas over here. We hadn't had, she, it was beautiful, crackers and everything and none of us drank and she actually didn't drink either um and it was lovely and you know so I'd been a bit like how's this gonna be you know but I could do it it was so nice to go spend lovely quality time with her um have such a wonderful friendship I've spoken to her again this morning actually as well and and I've always felt that our relationship is authentic and real but we were always drinking and so it was such a celebration, you know, it was like the best Christmas to spend that day with her. And we had a great time and there wasn't a bit of alcohol past any of our, our lips. So, um, so you made a yeah, memory. Yeah, uh, really good. Sober new memory. memories, yeah. New flavour memory on that of re-establishing that, that relationship, which was just as good, if not even better without the alcohol. Yeah, because, I mean, there's always that little bit of trepidation with friendships you've had during your drinking days. Will they become, a, Will how, how will those friendships be uh, during the time that you're now sober? And I think that might be a podcast we can do um, at a later date. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, because uh, I know Karina's down to 10% battery. 
So we're probably going to, she's probably going to fall off the train any minute now. Debs yeah. is going to go down to the catering car to put a roast in the oven because hubby wants a roast. And she's holding um, her hand up saying, please, can I say something? And can you shut up? So no, no, then, yeah. darling. no, no, I was just, just going to say before we go, um, when you said, do I feel stronger? You know what? I was pretty strong going into it. And I actually tempted myself. I actually said to myself, okay, so do you want a glass of wine? But I really sort of knew that I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to cave. Yeah. But I'm telling you, what Karina just described being with her, I haven't faced my greatest challenges yet because when I go home and I see my best friends and I see my brother and my sister, then that's what, because they don't know me. They don't know this girl that's sitting here right now sober. They've never seen it, ever. So it's going to be very interesting what happens when I get home. I mean, I think that I'm going to stick to it but I'm also just want to I'm going to want to join them but I yeah I'm going to have to work out see I work out strategies for these things I worked out my strategy for getting to that casino that wasn't a real that was just that's how you that's how you manage it and yeah um, I've got to play it forward definitely yeah because um Catherine Gray in her book the unexpected joy of of being so talks about that kind of thing give yourself um an escape plan, work out what you're going to do, um, et cetera. So I think that's the best proactive, being proactive yeah, yeah. is the best form of defense in this one. Absolutely. It's what we do. So we're going to pull into the station, guys, and we're going to let Karina and her 10% go. Thank you so much. Um, and go ahead, darling. No, I was just going to quickly say that my biggest challenge this week of being on the road and being out and about was my eating, Um, trying to be gluten free, trying to be plant based, trying to stay off the chips and stuff because everything comes with chips. Um, That that wasn't good. That was my worst challenge this week. And, you know, that that thing that we committed to. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) We were just going to bring it up. I've gone up a kilogram. Uh, I might be there with you, Karina. Yeah. What, what um, thing did we I'm not to? Say, well, I'm sorry, ladies. I went down half a pound. So. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm actually struggling myself with steroids because that is starting to kick my butt a bit, the steroids. So mm. I'm working damn hard. But we have yeah. got about four and a half to five weeks to clear off this extra weight before yeah. Karina hits the one year. Yeah. So because Yay. we just did the 11 months. So we're, we're all still working on it. We are a work in progress, as we all say. And one thing I will say, um, when you were talking about, King, when you were talking about, um, oh, well, I could do this and uh, no one would know, but you would know when you look in the mirror. The one thing I will say about sobriety is, excuse my French, ladies and gents, you have to be fucking totally honest, even with yourself, because yeah. if you lie yeah. to yourself, then you may as well pack the whole thing in because you're not going to do this. You have to have total honesty, even with yourself. When you look in that mirror, you have to be able to look in the mirror and say, I didn't have a drink today. Aren't I amazing? Because we Mm. are amazing. We are. Mm. We are. And many of us spent the last sort of months or or years even hiding. We were lying to everybody else. You know, that that lemonade that we had or that cup of tea in our mug, full of alcohol, you know. How many people have we heard telling their stories saying that they've got these big coffee mugs and it's not coffee, Mm. it's not water? Mm. Um, They're sat on the sidelines. That's it. I would have looked at myself in the mirror and said, you're full of shit. 
and you yeah. just wasted six months. Congratulations. So mm. I would have just gone back to being super hard on myself again. I know that. Yeah. So anyway, ladies, thank you so much. King, thanks. Pleasure. For- Caps, thanks for coming on the train. We'll let you get back to the kitchen to cook the old man's lunch <laughs> or dinner. Thank you very Karina, much for having me. We will keep up with you on your travels. Um, yep. And yes, we will be so envious of your meeting with I Must. I know yes. I am. But hopefully, you and I will meet later this year in person. Definitely. Hey? I've tried to persuade King to come over with me, you know. I might. She's, you got, never know she's, got, she's got family in Wales. So yeah. You know, yeah. we could have a convention. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking, let's know when you come over. And I'm thinking, I've been looking at areas central to the to England where we all are. I'm yeah. looking sort of Oxford Coventry, a little health spa weekend would be good because we, we could we could look we could look for a nice Airbnb that's got a pool or something like yeah. that, an yeah. indoor pool or a, a hot yeah. turban. We could I'm, on I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay, don't tell everybody because they'll all want to come. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, thank you very very much for this it was so so enjoyable and the train is pulling into the station and we will depart the train so thank you from myself polly and from karina and king and king good day everybody stay sober and no sippy no slippy karina (laughs) um not another sip no matter what King's uh, gone again now. Come on, King. <laughs> <laughs> come on. No. WWMD, what would mother do? <laughs> what would mum do? Yeah. Exactly. WWMD, what would mother do? Mother would say we're having a good time and it's best to be sober because then you have the best time. Ladies, ta-ta for now. Oh, ta-ta. Bye. Bye. Bye.